Hello, and welcome to the Film Speak podcast. My name is Dave. My name's Amanda. I'm Adam. What's up? <laughs> and this is our weekly conversation about movies. So how was everybody's week? My week was all right. I am finished with one of my four classes of the semester after today, which is pretty nice because it's like one less thing to worry about. How was your guys' week? It was fun. Watching too much baseball and reading too many comics and not watching enough movies. Sick. (laughs) (laughs) I'm watching a lot of baseball. Still watching a lot of fucking playoff action. The Capitals have come back to force a game seven, which is crazy. They won last night like five to two. So hopefully they don't just fucking build it all the way back up to losing game seven. Because that would suck and be like pretty fucking uh, on point or like on brand for them. But yeah, the NBA playoffs are like about to be like super fucking lit. Uh, Cleveland and Washington potentially are going to play each other. Uh, well, actually, I guess it's the Warriors and the Cavaliers have respectfully moved on. But now they're just waiting for the other two teams to finish. And I'm pretty sure tomorrow is game seven between the. Uh, Washington Wizards and the Boston Celtics, and that game's going to be wild. And then the the uh, Rockets and the Spurs are playing game five or six tomorrow, and that should be or like tomorrow or the next day. And that should be really good too. So basically, just waiting for the next round, but also anticipating these other games. Other than that, I didn't really watch much since the last time we talked. Um, a few things, but yeah, I went on my buddy's camping trip this weekend and uh that was really awesome stayed on a beach in like assateague which is like an island near ocean city maryland like right on the chesapeake bay or right on like the atlantic ocean rather it was a little too short of a weekend but that's always like the case you know you gotta drive fucking three hours yeah get somewhere for you're only there for like you know a day and a night but uh it was really fun really fucking windy at one point in the night my friends were sleeping in their tent and like she rolled over to the other side of the tent and it like blew up underneath them (laughs) and their tent was like rolled over on its side it was insanely windy so that was like a little annoying to deal with but i was sleeping in a van so it doesn't really matter didn't really matter for me but i feel bad for my friends who were like suffering it out full weekend while i was like doing but uh, it was it was a really good time. Shout out to all my homies. Amanda, what did you watch? <laughs> <laughs> wow. You guys sound so interested. Amanda, tell me what. No, uh, for real, um, did, did anyone watch anything good? Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> I only have like I guess technically three but two are very closely related yeah things to talk about I last night I watched Punch Drunk Love for the first time and it actually is the 100th movie that I've watched this year yeah watched this for the first time I'd been meaning to see it for a few months now and I finally watched it at like midnight last night and, 
yeah, it was really something. It uh, made me cry a lot. <laughs> um, mostly, yeah. mostly when, like, Adam Sandler's character, Barry, was, like, talking about, you know, his emotions throughout the movie and, like, his fits of rage were also just, like, super, super heartbreaking. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, honestly, also, like, sound-wise, like, the the score for the film as well as, like, you know, like, the loud crashes and, like, the screaming and everything that happened sporadically or just, it was very intense for me. I think that, more than anything else, was just, like, um, really overwhelming for me at sometimes. And I don't mean that in a negative way. It just definitely, it was, like, it, it just all felt like a very strange dream. And I feel like the sound in the movie had a lot to do with that. And, um, yeah, um, the movie was less than two hours long, but it felt much longer considering, like, how many different emotions are just, like, packed into it. There, I mean, I don't know. There is, like, an aspect of it that's just, like, hopelessly romantic, too. I think, like, Barry and Lena were so sweet and, like, perfect for each other. And, um, I also can't believe that one of my new, like, my new favorite online and not online my new favorite on-screen like kisses has anything to do with adam sandler (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah no i really enjoyed it i'm glad glad that i watched it glad that i checked it out and then um that's awesome yeah i I really like that movie too i haven't seen it in a bunch of years but i watched like almost everything pta's done pretty recently and i for some reason just still haven't gotten to that but yeah. Soon enough, and probably like you know this week now that you're talking about it, I want to watch it again. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's awesome. I definitely knew. I don't know when I was reading about it online. Everyone was like, "Oh man, like I did not want to see this movie because of Adam Sandler." But I'm also, I don't know. Like at first, obviously, I was kind of like, "Whoa!" Like Adam Sandler in like a dramatic and like you know PTA movie. Um, I didn't have any, like, lower expectations because he was in it. I feel like a lot of people did, but, oh, well. Yeah. Uh, I've actually heard PTA, I'm pretty sure it was on, like, Mark Maron's podcast, like, a few years ago, and he was talking about how, like, he wrote that movie with, he, like, wanted to make a movie for Adam Sandler, basically, after seeing something that Adam Sandler did. He was like, I want to make, like, a, like, a, you know, like a romantic comedy with Adam Sandler, but like his fucking weirdo vision of it, you know, that's what turned out. So I don't know. I, I, I think that movie's awesome. Yeah, no, it definitely is. And then um, the next thing I'm going to talk about is is the new Netflix. I don't, I'm not sure if it's a mini series or not, but it's like a six episode thing that is um, very new and it's called um, Hot Girls Wanted Turned On. And it's, like, sort of a, uh, sort of a continuation of a documentary that came out a couple of years that was just called um, Hot Girls Wanted, which, like, focused on a couple different girls in the porn industry. And um, it was just, like, super informative and, you know, obvious, like, pros and cons to that type of work and everything. And I actually did rewatch, after I finished this show, I, like, rewatched the original documentary again just because I, like, forgot a lot of it. But I think that the show was way more engaging. It was, like, 
six episodes, like I said. They're all, like, 45 minutes to an hour long, and each episode has, like, a completely different focus, so they're kind of, like, little mini documentaries, if that makes sense. And, yeah, the overall theme, though, that, like, ties into each episode is, like, the influence that the internet has had on, like, adult entertainment and, like, that type of industry, but also, like, kind of on on, like, the way, like, our individual, like, behavior towards sex in general. Um, like, there's an episode about, like, Tinder, and then there's also an episode that, like, really was, like, really heartbreaking for me to watch because it was about, um, I don't know if you guys remember a couple, it was within the last, like, year or two where, um, it was all in the news that this girl, this, like, 18-year-old girl was on Periscope, which is, like, the live streaming app that people use, like, all around the world, and she, uh, was, like, drunk and live-streamed her friend getting raped, and, uh, she was, like, prosecuted for it, and it was, like, this crazy thing, and, like, the episode follows her and, like, her dad through the prosecution process, where, like, where she's basically just trying to not be registered as a sex offender for like the rest of her life i don't know it was crazy there was and then like the other episodes are all mostly based around porn um there's like one that touches on like race issues and porn and um and then like there's an episode mostly about like like quote-unquote feminist porn and stuff and it's just super interesting um i i thought each episode was like like really really cool as like an individual piece of like information and yeah i would recommend it i think it's really really cool sounds pretty intense yeah some of it was like there was another episode where like um so there it was about this cam model who does like online cam shows and she's been doing it for a few years and she literally flies like across she flies from california to australia to meet this guy who she has this like online relationship with and he like pays to see her like every single day and um has like given her like thousands of dollars over a time span of like four years and so after like four years of like developing a relationship where they're literally saying like i love you and stuff she flies to Melbourne, Australia for a weekend. Oh, meanwhile, she's also married, um, which kind of blew my mind. But she um, flies to Melbourne to, like, spend a weekend to this guy, like with this guy. And, um, it, the, I mean, the episode just follows, like, how different it is from going, you know, online and having the barrier of a TV screen and then, like, being in person. And it's, um, it was really crazy. I actually cried. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, it's super cool. I, I really, really enjoyed it. I don't really see them continuing this. Like, I, like, I f- have a feeling that it's a mini series, but I would be interested in seeing, like, more, more of this. Um, yeah. so it was really cool. Am I wrong, or did Rashida Jones make the documentary? I am not completely sure if she directed it, but she was, like, a creator and, like, executive producer of the documentary and the show, and she did direct an episode. She directed the first episode of the show. Got it. So it is the same documentary. I knew that she made something. Yeah, I mean, the two two are related, and there's actually an episode, um, 
so like okay in the documentary there's like an agent named riley and um it's focused around the girls that like he recruits for his agency and uh there's an episode in the show that's like focused around him and um he like makes a return in it so it's like what's up i'm riley (laughs) um i mean kind of he literally was like around his parents wearing like a black hat with like gold metallic letters that just said porn across the front of it (laughs) (laughs) that is fucking crazy that reminds me of like andy stamberg and pop star it pretty much was like that except porn (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I thought it was really cool, though. And, um, yeah, definitely would recommend. It's fairly easy to get through, I think, because it's only six episodes. Yeah, that seems cool. Yeah. I'm a little, like, weary of watching the one about the girl who, like, recorded her friend, but that, I don't know, it seems fucking weird, but I'll check them out. I mean, it is crazy, um, and it's also just, like a very very conflicting thing because the whole episode is like it follows her and there's like confessionals with her so it very much like humanizes this girl but then at the end of the day you're like oh wait she like did this horrible thing and it's like a question of whether or not whether or not this is like going to follow her like throughout the rest of her life and like the whole like the whole idea of, like, permanency on the internet, like, once you post something, it never goes away, and stuff like that, too, is, like, very much a theme in it, so, I don't know. Um, but that's the, that's the final episode, so, it's pretty, like, hard-hitting finale. <laughs> Wild. Yeah, definitely. Dave, did you watch, did you watch anything? <laughs> <laughs> I did. Uh, I watched Team America World Police. I needed, uh... I needed a laugh about some of the current events that are going on, so I decided that was the way to do it, and uh, it did not disappoint. You know, it's it's funny. It's the South Park guys, so you know they're going to be crude and crass, and it's going to be funny as shit. And it was it's like the opening fight scene. They have two guys that you know. There's the American guy, and then there's the terrorist. They like throw their guns down, and they like you know go to do some martial arts shit, and then they just like kind of crash the puppets together and just kind of wiggle them around uh, pretty funny and then when they you know they fight panthers uh and they're just you know black cats so yeah i watched that sounds cool yeah. <laughs> no i've seen that movie a bunch of times um the the like puppet sex scene is still like very fresh in my mind yeah <laughs> well the, it's the weird fu- thing fucking is, ridiculous the weird thing about the puppet sex scene is that there's an unrated version and uh, that's not the version that they put out on Blu-ray. They decided to go with the theatrical version, so. Weird. Yeah. You figure that would be, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Yeah. But. That is weird. Um, yeah, I'm that and like, the, it being there. <laughs> and and the, know, the like, puke I, scenes are like what I really remember from that movie, but. Yeah. I've seen it like a shitload of times. And in the beginning, back in the uh, day. when they're in France. Uh, all the streets are paved with croissants. <laughs> nice. Yeah. That's great. What did you watch this week, Fridley? Well, I've only really had, like, time to watch anything in the past, like, two days. And uh, since we were watching Arrival, I watched some other, like, space 
Well, Arrival's not really space-related. It's about aliens, but... I don't know, I watched, like, some other, like, space... Like, like, type of shit, and, uh... Those two were Contact and Interstellar. Yeah, Contact is something that I've never seen before, but I've always heard was, like, people were, like, let down by it, basically, so I just kind of was like, well, whatever, I won't watch a two-and-a-half-hour movie then, but for some reason, like, something came over me this week, and I was like, I'm just gonna watch this damn thing. And I think maybe it has to do with the fact that we just watched Silence of the Lambs, and I wanted some more Jodie Foster in my life, and, um, I don't know, I just was like, whatever, I'll just give it my own opinion. And, uh... It is decent, interstellar, and that have like a lot in common actually. And uh, I didn't really realize they would until like watching them back to back. But um, yeah, it's good. It's about Jodie Foster plays a character who is her her like mom dies when she's young, and her dad is like there to take care of her, and she's like obsessed with trying to like reach like radio signal or like hear radio signals from like far away basically they like set that up early on and uh her dad ends up like passing away also so she's like like an only fucking child in this world and eventually like she's like older like the movie's very pacey pace wise like it's very much like a movie from the 90s like everything is just step by step by step so i'm like talking sporadically but it's literally like the first five minutes of the movie all this shit takes place, but, um, yeah, she plays a character who's, like, obsessed with that, so in her adult life, you know, obviously she's, like, still trying to continue her work, and, uh, she gets a grant or something, and is basically, like, continuing her work, and then all of a sudden, she gets, like, a message that, like, she can't really explain, and she has to go, like, basically the world finds out that there's, like, a message that is out there from, like, a different planet. And it's the whole thing of, like, basically first contact with something, like, unexpected. And uh, it's really good. It's really different. It handles it really different than, like, some other things I've seen. And it's interesting how they, like, put the plot together. Like, basically, they they realize that the, the coded message is, uh, like, a blueprint for a machine that they are going to build or, like, they have an option to build that would, like... They don't really know what it's going to do from there, but it's, like, this big structure they build off of, like, the Cape, uh, where, like, they do all the, like, NASA stuff. And, uh, yeah, it's, like, this big, like, weird spinning, like, ball thing. And basically, they're trying to, like, drop, like, the person in the middle of it. It's very, like, confusing. But in the long run, that where she has her, like, 2001, like, going through the, like, color tube moment and basically, like, gets to interact with, like, extraterrestrials for the first time who, like, spoiler alert, come to her as she sees it, like, as it's her father, which, like, I've always... I People have been telling me that forever that, like, oh, well, her dad is, like... It's, like, a fucking two-and-a-half-hour movie and then, like, her dad is, like, the alien at the end. It's, like, it's not really her dad. It's, like, coming to her as her dad because, you know, so she can visually, like, understand it, sort of, you know? Um, so, so everyone is down as shit. But, uh, but the movie's good. And mainly I'm only saying, like, the high school kids that I went to school with who were like, yeah, fuck that movie, fuck that movie. Like, yeah, like, it sucks. And it's only because, like, they didn't really understand what they were watching, I feel like, like, after seeing it. Yeah, long, like, drawn out fucking story about contact but it's uh worth checking out 
I'd say Robert Zemeckis to the guy who made like Back to the Future. So at least that's pretty cool. And then uh, Interstellar is also really cool. I hadn't seen that since it came out in theaters, but I've like been wanting to rewatch it for a long time. And this week was just like a perfect opportunity to do that. And uh, there's a lot of like real, there's a lot of heart in that thing, and a lot of like real like human emotion. Um, while also being this like grand scale epic type thing, um, I think it pulls out. Like, I, I think it like pulls off everything it's trying to do. It's a little silly. Like there are some scenes toward the end that are like a little silly, but uh, I don't know. I really liked Interstellar. Have either of you guys seen that? I didn't see it in theaters. I didn't actually finish the movie, but I did watch like I think half of it a couple years ago. And I actually, I actually like, not to say negative, anything negative about the movie, but I kind of like fell asleep and like wasn't, and wasn't anything that I like picked up ever again. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's fair. I mean, it is very, especially the first hour is very like drawn out kind of, but once they like get, once they get out of this world, it's pretty, pretty crazy. And it's really good sci-fi, like. I really like it, and, and it relies on being like, uh, I don't know, I always feel like like movies have to like, be like scary if they're set in space, or like, I don't know, like, like I expected there to be some twist where there was going to be like a monster that turned the corner, and they're just, they're, there's that sense of dread, but it's not that at all, kind of. It's really awesome. And I know I say it like every week, but maybe we'll have to like watch that on the pod if you've never seen it. Because it's, uh, it's, it's really like an epic thing, basically. Um, and it actually reminds me a lot of like Looper in a weird way. Like the, the like world it's set in, like on Earth at least, is, is sort of similar. But yeah, that movie's really cool. Who uh, did Interstellar again? Uh, Christopher Nolan. Okay, that's Batman. what I thought. Inception. Inception. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's actually, like, uh, I don't think it's based on anything, but, um, you know, it feels a little derivative of some other sci-fi stuff, but also, like, pretty original at the same time. I don't want to give, like, a ton of lots, a ton away for that movie, because I feel like there's some people out there that still, like, you know, that movie came out in, like, 2014. I don't mind spoiling contact, but I don't really want to just, like, you know, go on about Interstellar when we potentially are going to, like, do an episode of on the hand here or something. Yeah, I will say, definitely down to do an episode on it, but I'm going to have to, like, watch that movie with, like, someone else. Otherwise, it's going to be pretty hard for me to watch by myself. <laughs> Word. <laughs> like a bunch of sweet tea. I really don't think you'd have as, as like, hard as a time with it as you are, like, trying to remember... Or, like, you remember having, honestly, like, if you were just to sit down and watch it. It's not, it's not really, like, thinky, even, like, honestly, it's pretty, uh, you'll see. But, yeah, we'll figure that out at a later date. I remember it being, like, incredibly, like, heady and being, like, I don't know, I'm, like, sort of confused. But then I, like, rewatched it and I was, like, oh, like, not really, like, at all, never mind. Like, yeah, but that's about it. (laughs) Well... I know a movie we all watched. Uh, <laughs> I can't you believe. Anyways, for for our oh, 
it's called Arrival. Yeah, we watched Arrival. Yeah, and in uh, their language, it's like a circle with some weird, like, squid marbles. Hell yeah. <laughs> and it's super coated and, like, dense, and you gotta, like... And we gotta call Amy Adams. Yeah, we gotta, we definitely, no, we just gotta, like, show up at her house. In general, I just need to call Amy Adams. <laughs> yeah. We can get her on the line for sure. Yeah, that'd be sick. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, Arrival, this movie came out last year. Yeah, right? 2016. So, 2016, Denis Villeneuve, what did y'all think? Good, and I liked it. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, actually, I guess real real quick, we should just say, like, no spoiler, but this is like a movie about like an alien, well, about like, a, like first contact by just like these ominous, like egg-shaped ships that show up on planet Earth. Like a different, I think it's 12 different locations yeah. around the country. Yeah. And then basically it's what happens, what's a realistic view of what happens from there, kind of. So yeah, what did you guys think? Um, wait, really quick, wasn't this based on a short story, too? Yeah, it was based on Story of Your Life by Ted Chang, which is in, like, a book of short stories that I don't know if it was originally called Story of Your Life or not, uh, like, the, the collection itself, but it definitely is now that, like, this is this movie's popular. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really good, too, actually. You should check that out. Definitely. Uh, well, yeah, this was um, this was my pick, and this was actually the second time I had seen it. Um, I watched it a couple months ago, and it was, I mean, I just loved it. I, like, really, really, really loved it, and the end made me literally cry my ass off. And, um, yeah, I knew that I was going to want to rewatch it, and I don't know. It just kind of occurred to me last week that we could you know, do an episode on it, so that's why I picked it again, or picked it this time around for this recording, and, um, yeah, it was awesome, it's a super, it's, like, a super minimalistic approach to a sci-fi movie, and I'm really personally not somebody who seeks out the sci-fi genre when I'm, when it comes to, like, my entertainment, um, but this movie is, like, a very big exception for me, and I think it's probably because, it's not, it's obviously not completely about the aliens, although that they're, like, although the aliens are truly, like, a really beautiful aspect of the storytelling of this movie, um, it's just, I don't know, they're, like, a, I don't want to say they're a small part, but compared to everything else that happens, like, with Amy Adams' character, I was just kind of, um, it was, like, a small part of it for me, I guess. Interesting. (laughs) Just, like, the, I, I mean, that, that is like a very that's a very interesting way to put it sorry i I wasn't trying to be like funny (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know i just i've definitely seen i've seen a fair amount of sci-fi movies i think but this one is just it's just very different it is very different to me there's no it definitely is yeah I think the fact that it was that it was so minimalistic and like not completely like over the top with like like um you know shit what's the word I'm looking for I guess like warfare and like a million troops or whatever going to like fight this thing or whatever like most sci-fi movies are I just don't really I don't know it's very different for me yeah no it it seems very like true to life like 
you know, okay, so there's only X amount of people, like, on a base right near this thing. It's like, it probably is how it would be because, like, for 50 miles wide of it, they'd have, like, people patrolling so, like, regular citizens can't just get in there and hang. You know what I'm saying? Like, or, like, vice versa, they're not going to bring in, like, a shitload of army. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they would. Maybe that is, like, the one thing difference, like, there would be maybe more, like, troops around, but I guess... I'm sure they like, established a perimeter. They didn't, like, you know, it wasn't, yeah. like, a 50 feet, you know, it was... Sure, sure. Like, a mile radius, you know, just in case there's, like, radiation. Yeah, that... So, I guess that's what I mean, like... You chopper them in. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, so, so it all does seem, like, very, like, actually, like, you know, militarily, like, accurate, kind of, at least. Like, compared to other movies, for sure. Yeah, I actually watched, like, the bonus features, like a like a little, like, half an hour making of of this. And the director, basically everyone was, like, sort of hesitant, except for the producer was, like, apparently a big fan of the book. But he was shopping it around for a while to be like, hey, like, I have this idea. Does anyone want to get this thing made? And then when didn't even know like got his name on it he or like he was like flirting with it he was saying that he just wanted to make something that was like completely new basically like he didn't want to you know he's like i've seen like he's like there's a lot of bad sci-fi out there and there's a lot of really great sci-fi he's like i wanted to like make a mark on like the good sci-fi with like all these like new newer thoughts or like a new way to think about it basically so there definitely is like a conscious effort to have made it something that it's original and it definitely pulls it off like especially compared like it's very you like minimal is the word for it where you know like it feels like a step-by-step process of like how that shit would actually happen kind of you know yeah like i mean not you know okay if the language is like the first thing that you're going to struggle with, maybe that is the first thing that you deal with. And it's so cool that there's just like a lingual, like a, you know, a person, like a linguistic person is like trying to, she's the one that's like thrown in the middle of all this. Like, I, I love that. You know, it's not just some like, it's not some random guy who is just like sucked up like in this thing. It's like, you know, she basically like her life work has all like built up to this moment. Yeah. I don't know. It's really cool. Yeah, definitely. Cool um, what did you think, Dave? I was definitely into the aliens, like the way that they looked visually. Uh, I thought that was really cool. And it's always really hard to develop a language, uh, you know, for scripts and things like that. And just the, the circle that, you know, how they, I guess that was their sentences was like how we would write in a straight line. Theirs was just in a circle. So that was kind of cool too you know a different way of you know writing whether it be horizontal or vertical it was circular and they looked cool and just the the features around the the ship but oh so uh, creepy yeah yeah <laughs> so like I mean, ominous yeah i mean there was no like eyes or any sort of diff you know any kind of features it was just body and and pretty much uh tentacles so yeah it's so cool they are like showing like you know like a rough draft basically of those things mm-hmm. and it's intense as shit because looking at them like on a computer screen you can actually see like their whole head you know like mm-hmm. in this movie they're always like behind like a fog sheen kind of but they are like 
they actually like look like like if you can imagine like a person on like the bow of a ship but basically just like all like congealed over like they don't actually have like facial features or anything but you can almost see like a human-like structure and then below it it just like turns into like a belly area and then like their fucking squid hand tentacle things like it's super the, the like actual like design of it on before they uh, put it into the film was like super creepy looking i thought that was cool they they look like even scarier than you know or like more like not like a menacing just like the original draft which i thought was like pretty interesting because they're not really like scary they're just like so they're like majestic basically he like describes them as uh being like whale-like which I really thought was, like, uh, like on point, kind of, and, like, a cool way to look at them. And especially with their language, too. So that was, yeah. kind of... Oh, yeah, dude, there's, like, a guy who... Yeah, their language, the whole language thing is, like, really cool. And, I don't know, I mean, it, I, like I said a little bit ago, like, I feel like this, if this thing were to happen, there would be someone somewhere struggling to figure out, like, what the fuck they're saying. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that seems like it, it's like never the first issue that we're actually like worried about in movies, but in real life, I feel like that would be something that everyone is like immediately concerned with. Like, how do we like understand what they're telling us? Basically, you know, the whole you know thing between tool and weapon. They were kind of muddying the waters between those two, so they didn't really know they were offering a weapon. You know, when they were sure. offering, you know, I guess it would be the next stage of evolution being able to exist in the, the you know fourth dimension you know well <laughs> yeah that is this definitely is the case yeah it seems interesting though because like the whole isn't there like a like a point where they say like you know it eventually like they they did this because they're going to need a favor from us yes like down the road right which is so i'm like what the fuck what the fuck could we possibly do for y'all i just kind of like you know, how that, at least in the beginning they were just like okay, we're going to, like, bring you in to do this thing and only, like, a select few people are going to be here and, like, and like know about this before we can release any information so people don't, like, flip their fucking caps. Yeah. Like, there was just, like, I don't know, to avoid, like, mass freakouts and then, you know, that doesn't really work because people end up freaking out anyway. But um, I just, I liked that whole aspect of it, too. Like, the whole thing was just very precautionary at first. So it was, like... Everyone yeah. seemed to be trying to be as careful as possible. I don't know. I feel like that whole thing added tension. As it added tension and added stress. Oh, what I was going to say is, like, it feels very... I don't know. It feels like how, how like, the humans... Like, you're saying, like, they don't want to let anyone know. But then, like, you know, the human element still does kick in where everybody is, like, on edge all over, all like, all the leaders and all the people like around the world um yeah and i don't know like it's it's super interesting that like everyone's like pacing on their feet and then like you know as soon as like they decide at the end i think like you know when the like the chinese guy decides like he's gonna pull out and like whatever i don't know it just like it feels like the most like true to life a situation that could really happen where somebody's like no, fuck that, these things are our enemies, you know, and then we end up, like, fighting with each other over that. Yeah, it's know, like an international like, disagreement. Right, but, like, I don't know, like, that, that, like, so all of that definitely does feel, like, so, like, 
true in this climate, basically. Yeah, like, I mean, the timing, honestly, the timing of this movie's release was pretty crazy. <laughs> fuck yeah, and it's even crazier that, like, you know, the election didn't go how, like, certain people wanted it to go, and we're living in, like, a different world than we thought we were going to be living in right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and, like, you know, you could see, like, you know, the, like, who knows how, like, this situation would be handled now, you know what I'm saying? But, I don't know. It's weird to think that I'm, like, like actually comparing it to something that could happen, because, like, it is, uh, after all, like, about aliens just, like, landing on Earth. But at the same time, it's handled so, like, humanly that, that I think that's why it works so well. Like, it's very relatable, even though it's about something that is, like, totally, like, science fiction. Yeah. Well, it's not out of the realm of possibilities. I mean, sure, but I'm just saying, like, that, that makes... It, it brings, like... It takes, like, aliens to like, make us come together as humans. That's a pretty, like, interesting thing. <laughs> in real life. What's that? I said it's probably what's gonna take in real life, too. Shit, probably. Yeah, I really love this movie. I love the score. Uh, I was, like, obsessed with fucking, like, all the cinematography. Like, all the fucking shots. There's, like, a one shot in particular where he's, like, coming, like, from the top of the pod, like the hepapod. Or the hepapods are the, like, creatures themselves. Whatever the spaceships yeah. are called. He's, like, at the very top of it. And it's, like, coming over, like, the belly of, like, the egg. And then they're just, like, people on the ground. But they're so fucking far away. And the shot just keeps, like, moving forward so slowly. And it's just, like, it's just fucking breathtaking. Like, so much of that, like, crazy shit. When they all start to, like, disappear at the end of the movie. And they just, like, fade into the clouds. Like, as they're turning. Like, so insane looking. Yeah, it was really beautiful. So much, like, vi- visually treats... Yeah, it was really beautiful, and honestly, I think it's, like, some of the best sound editing I've seen in, like, any movie, at least recently. I'm pretty sure it won an Oscar for sound editing. editing. Was it Was it for sound it editing? I knew it won an Oscar, but I forget which one it was for. I'm glad it won, though. I think that, I think that is, like, the only thing it won for. I, I could be wrong. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm probably wrong, but I think it only won one Oscar. No, it definitely won only it one that. Oscar, but... I forgot what exactly it was for. Yeah. Wanna misinformed. Wanna bring it back to Amy Adams though, because I can't believe that she didn't win an Oscar <laughs> for her performance in this movie and that like not to not to bitch about Meryl Streep because I love Meryl, but like Meryl won over her. So like yikes. What did Meryl Streep do again this year? Florence Foster Jenkins, where she's like a bad singer. Basically, uh, basically, she's like, she's like a celebrity chef. What? I'm just kidding. I was making a fucking Julie and Julia joke because we're talking about Amy Adams and Meryl Streep. Oh, I forgot that that movie existed. Um. <laughs> 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 um. Shit. Oh. When I, I don't know, I'm not going to keep going into it, but honestly, when I heard the premise of Florence Foster Jenkins, I was like, oh, great, this is The King's Speech starring Meryl Streep. (laughs) Yeah, she's a singer? I forget what she is, but she's just, like, this lady who's, like, quote, unquote, like, the world's, like, worst singer, and, like, all she wants to do is, like, learn to sing. And then it's, like, her, like, embracing the fact that she's, like, a bad singer. 
And I'm like... another movie she was in, uh, Ricky and the Flash. (laughs) I didn't see that one. (laughs) Uh, I didn't either, but actually it was directed by our boy, fucking Jonathan Demme. Oh, shit. That's his last movie, which is crazy. That is crazy. And apparently it's like, it's decent. Really? I never, I knew it came out, but I I never heard anyone. I'd probably never watch it, but yeah, I've heard it's like, it's like an okay movie. Uh, but yeah, anyway, just a little tangent. Shout out to Meryl Street Creep. Yeah. Um, but anyway, overall, I am glad that Amy added, like, I think, I feel like 2016, like, with this movie and with Nocturnal Animals, I feel like she's, like, really starting to get recognized for her talent. Not that she wasn't before, but, like, more so now. So I'm happy about that, because I really, really love her. Yeah, yeah, she's a great actress. The whole, like, motherhood aspect of this movie was, like, so heartbreaking, too. And, like, like the scenes of her and, like, her daughter, it almost felt kind of like Terrence Malick. But, um... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was so beautiful. Yeah, it's great. It's, like, it's, I mean, that's, like, uh, I don't know, like, it, it's, again, the whole, like, aliens take, take aliens to, like, make us all together thing. But it's like it, it like helped her inform like, you know, like the biggest decision of her life also. And I don't know, there's like something to say about that too. Like, you know, this movie takes place, like you find out a lot of it, spoiler alert, is well, like, I guess half of the story is running after you thought it was. Like you thought everything with her daughter was before this stuff happened. But it's for like a second, right? Yeah. It's not. It's like actually in the future. And that's crazy to think that like, you know, like there's like a future where aliens came and landed and now they're gone and everybody's just chilling again, you know? Yeah. But it's like because like we're all at peace because like everybody fucking is hanging out and now we're all like chumming it up at like dinner parties or whatever (laughs) at the end. Chum it uh, I'm up. just like talking very confusing about it, but no, yeah, it makes basically, sense. Basically, so so am I wrong that Amy Adams? So like these hepapods have come to Earth to find someone who can help them, like un like understand it at least, so they can then like show them the the light or whatever, like show them how to like see in like non linear time and. And then she goes, well, she goes, she goes in, she goes forward in her memory to come back with, like, what to tell him on the phone, like, from her own book. It seems like what happens is, is one, it seems like the, the future was remade, or the past was remade from the future with, like, I guess it was a, some kind of branching timeline where, because the way that time no, the only time we're ever in the past... The only time we're ever in the past is when she's at, like, the college in the beginning of the movie. No, no, I'm saying, like, at the end where uh, the general is talking to her and saying, like, this is what you told me. Like, he has this look of knowing in his eyes, like, this is how we're going to beat it. Like, he is the one who, you know, kind of outsmarts the, you know, the time limit that they're on. Or he kind of outwits himself. He knows the one thing that will, you know, stop him from, you know, launching an attack on this thing. Well, he knows that because she told him. Right, but she wouldn't know that unless he met her later on down the road. Yeah, and she moves for... She is mining her future for the answers to, like, solve the problem now. Yeah. So everything, it's like that. That's how it works. So, so she 
so like they allow her mind to to like figure out what it's going to take for him to like say no to this thing or like you know stand down and then at the same time like so when when he says like you do you remember what what you told me or whatever and she's like surprised by it it's because she's experiencing this for the first time but also like in in her mind she's in the future but she's also also presently there you know because she has this like moment where she can not see time linearly it's like very confusing but I've, I've thought about it a lot and it definitely like it all takes place like the only time we're ever in the past is like before the shit like the aliens land right I think so yeah no definitely but okay. yeah which is interesting because, like, her daughter is, like, playing with the fucking Hepapod toy. And that's, like, five minutes into the movie. Right? Don't they, like, show that thing at some point? Yeah. So weird. No, but that was, like, the passage of time or, like, the use of time as a as a tool in this movie is, like, it's incredible. Um, and I think that that moment where it all kind of, like, clicks towards the end is, like, what made it also powerful and like the fact that it was like it was like kind of heartbreaking because like you know what happens what or at least what ends up happening to the daughter and everything but still like remotely hopeful and just kind of like embracing you know embracing the like events that are gonna happen in this woman's life it was just really beautiful and that's honestly like it got me both times watching this movie it just like made me just fucking cry so um yeah, yeah definitely i i loved it i i loved like the use of it in this one compared to other things where like other things it's always it's always like a portal or it's like it's a black hole or it's like because this is like this goes back to like 2001 where he's like fucking basically like on like a fucking thrill ride for 20 minutes through like a wormhole and then he like is sees himself like in his deathbed at the end of the movie. This idea has been done before, but the way that they do it in this is like so interesting because it's like they allow her to see like the thing on Earth and she's now living with this like crazy fucking like experience. I don't know, I like that. Like it's, it's like they live to tell. And I guess there are some other movies where that happens too, but it's all like, it's, it's definitely like a more, a bigger to do like that. It's all sort of, like, brushed under the table in this one. But at the same time, like, the most important part of the movie, and, like, it hits, like, where, like, it's such a unique way where you, it's happening to her, but you are also figuring out the puzzle, like, right at the same time, like, right as it goes along. Like, it's very, very cool. Done very well. Yes, I agree. Uh, What do you guys think about Forrest Whitaker in this movie? He's, like, the most, like, brooding fucking guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... I love Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, I, I like what he does, usually. Uh, but, and, like, this time, he was just... He was very straightforward, and... Uh, he was usually, like, the... The militaristic general-type guys who are involved in situations like this in movies are very, like, staunch and, and set and like, no matter what, they're gonna do what they think is right, but he was actually right to suggestion and 
like actually listened and was like, okay, this is good. I can, you know, this is how I'm going to sell this to this fucking, he was like actually on the side of reason instead of, you know, yeah, militaristic might. And I thought that was, that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, well, like, like everyone above him is like that, but I think, like, they basically establish that he's gonna, like, like, listen to what she says immediately when she's like, oh, like, ask him what blah 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 means before yeah. you decide, and then, like, when that comes back later, it's like, you know, that's, like, a beautiful thing, and he's like, I don't know, it, it, it makes their relationship very, like, very cool, because, like, they, they're... They're trusting of each other, even though, like, he kind of is, like, having to put his fucking neck out there for it, you know, like, he's, like, subtly, like, he's, like, I, I, I believe you, but I don't know, like, we still have to fucking do everything this way because you're only one person and there are a bunch of, like, angry people all around the world who are, like, the leaders of this, of the world as we know it, you know, trying to, like, they, they want to make the decision and so it's cool, like, this. It's a it's a cool plot device to like have that guy be like a the like strict voice of reason basically or not voice of reason like the strict like willing to listen to reason kind of guy pretty cool yeah definitely <clears throat> um I don't know anything else um I said all my notes what about y'all <clears throat> uh yeah okay would you guys recast anyone ooh. That classic ooh, as in, none of us <laughs> thought about this beforehand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think I would recast anyone. Okay, then tag yourself. Like, there, yeah, I'll, I'll think of something to tag myself in. I really, like, I mean, I can think of, like, I guess, like, maybe, like, slightly better actors, but I kind of like that it's, like, people that are recognizable but still aren't, like, great who are, like, getting to do something that's, like, super fucking special, you know. Amy Adams excluded, like, I more mean, like, Forrest Whitaker and, and really just, like, Jeremy Renner, basically. I don't know. I'm just, like, making up an excuse. I'll, I'll, I'll think so. Do you guys, did you guys have anyone you would recast? Uh, I'm going myself. Okay, do it. I'm Costello. Nice. Yes. Word. Yeah. <laughs> You could be Hawkeye. Uh, I guess fucking I'll be Abbott. All right. <laughs> We're going to party. You know it. We're in the fog. Yeah. That's not fog. All right. Amanda's Amy Adams. All right. Peace, y'all. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. I can be Amy. That's cool. <laughs> All right, well, that about wraps it up for this episode of Film Speak. If you like what you've been hearing, make sure you check us out on social media. We are on Instagram at Film Speak, Twitter at Film Speak Pod. We have a Facebook page. We have a YouTube channel. We are on SoundCloud and iTunes. See ya. Bye. Bye. Have a good week.